Faith, Hope and Love, episode 166, the 15th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. The readings this weekend are really beautiful. Each of them has a similar thread running through them. What we believe in, the Word of God, and how we live this Word is very, very practical, down to earth and tangible. The Word of God is not something distant and theoretical or ponderous, but it is alive and active, and it is living in our hearts and minds. It's on our lips and actions. Jesus is not some distant figure. He's God-made flesh, who shows us what God the Father is like, and how God treats sinners, and how God loves us. In the Gospel, Jesus reinforces this by telling the famous and wonderful parable of the Good Samaritan, We show that we love God and have his word living in us by how we show love to our neighbour, who is anyone in need, and how we respect ourselves and the gift of life and responsibility that we have been given. This is Faith, Hope and Love. For me in justice I shall behold your face, I shall be filled with the vision of your glory. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Hello everyone, and may our Lord's courage uphold you on this fifteenth Sunday in Ordinary Time. We unite our mind and heart to praise and worship our God. Because our God's love and mercy knows no bounds, let us recall our sins so as to worthily celebrate this holy sacrifice. Lord Jesus, you were lifted up to draw all people to yourself. Lord, have mercy. You shouldered the cross to bear our suffering and sinfulness. Christ, have mercy. You open for your people the way from death into life. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to people of good will. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great God, heavenly King, O God Almighty,
sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One. You alone are the us pray. O God, who show the light of your truth to those who go astray, so that they may return to the right path, give all who for the faith they profess are accounted Christians the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Christ, and to strive over all that does it honour. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, verses 10 to 14. Moses spoke to the people, saying, Obey the Lord your God by observing his commandments and decrees that are written in this book of the law. Turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Surely this commandment that I am commanding you today is not too hard for you, nor is it too far away. It is not in heaven that you should say, Who will go up to heaven for us and get it for us, so that we may hear it and observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will cross to the other side of the sea for us and get it for us, so that we may hear it and observe it? No, the word is very near to you. It is in your mouth and in your heart for you to observe. The Word of the Lord The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. This is my prayer to you, my prayer for your favour. In your great love answer me, O God, with your help that never fails. Lord, answer, for your love is kind. In your compassion turn towards me. As for me, in my poverty and pain, let your help, O God, lift me up. I will praise God's name with a song. I will glorify him with thanksgiving. The poor, when they see it, will be glad, and God-seeking hearts will revive. For the Lord listens to the needy, and does not spurn his servants in their chains. For God will bring help to Zion, and rebuild the cities of Judah. The children of his servants shall inherit it, those who love his name shall dwell there. The precepts of the Lord give joy to the heart. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Colossians. Chapter 1, verses 15 to 20. Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. 
For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. Christ is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in Christ all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. The Word of the Lord Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Your words, Lord, are spirit and life. You have the words of eternal life. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Chapter 10, verses 25 to 37. A lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? The lawyer answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbour as yourself. And Jesus said to him, You have given the right answer. Do this, and you will live. But wanting to justify himself, the lawyer asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and fell into the hands of robbers, who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place, and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while travelling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity, he went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. The next day the Samaritan took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back I will repay you whatever more you spend. Jesus asked him, Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The lawyer said, The one who showed him mercy. Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The Gospel of the Lord Imagine a newly married couple sitting down to their first dinner together after returning from their honeymoon. Imagine if the husband said to his new wife, I just want to get something clear with you. I hope you don't mind. Can you tell me what's the absolute minimum I need to do to fulfil my obligations to you as your spouse? 
I don't want to be seen by you or anyone else to be shirking my responsibilities. So could you tell me what's the absolute least things that I need to do to satisfy requirements? Could you imagine such a question? It's outrageous. It's crazy. If that foolish man got to start dinner, let alone finish it, it would be a miracle. Naturally, that's an extreme and awful example of somebody who's terribly immature and not very loving. The answer to such a question, if it even needed answering, would be twofold. It's about love, not about duty. It's also not about grudgingly doing the bare minimum. This, without doubt, is about love and friendship, about companionship, about two people loving, living and working together, united in heart and mind. How much do you need to give? Whatever it takes. Everything you've got. We're not in this together for just a dedicated capped at 30%. Nor are we in this for a merely 50-50, whilst keeping score all the way. It's 100% each. That example is extreme and crazy. But isn't that really what the lawyer is asking of Jesus in today's Gospel? And we too can be guilty of insanely asking similar things of our Lord. What's the minimum I need to do to get into heaven? Whenever we try to ration out our commitment or responsibility to our Lord, who is our everything, the lawyer is looking for a clear and definite pathway to heaven. And so he asks, what must I do? When Jesus tells him that the answer is compassion and love, the lawyer again asks for a definition. What are the limits of this compassion and love? Who am I supposed to give it to? Jesus tells him that his way is not lived by merely following rules. It's not about rationing out our efforts. And nor is the gospel kept by staying within strict and limited boundaries. Rather, the gospel is lived by responding to life, wherever and whenever you find it, with the love and compassion of God abiding in us, the love which is made up of God's very essence, serving, self-sacrificing love to others and to all. Living in a loving relationship with God means loving and caring for all that God has created and going beyond the limits, the reservations, the fears, the restrictions, and responding instead freely, lovingly and passionately, come what may, and irrespective of the personal cost, to the situations and people that life throws up at us. The law of God, the word of God, is not a distant thing written in stone, but it's a living, breathing, flexible and loving law. As the first reading tells us, the word is very near to you, it's in your mouth and in your heart for your observance. With this parable, Jesus shows us that God's love doesn't care one jot about what others think of a person. God's love does what is right, what is compassionate, and is responding to a real need, irrespective of popular opinion. The first listeners to our Lord's parable in first century Palestine would have been utterly shocked and thrown off balance by the unexpected results of the parable Jesus taught. The hero in this parable is not the one the listeners expected. The hero turns out to be the one who is usually despised 
by the listeners of Jesus. How can the good guy be the Samaritan? They must have gasped in astonishment. And worse, the expected good guys, the priest and the Levite, they were shown as not responding as God's disciples should. Interestingly, the traveller who gets attacked has been very foolish and reckless. The road to Jericho was notorious for robbers. It was steep and winding. People who travelled that road travelled in groups and were taking their lives into their hands if they dared to travel alone and with valuables. So our Lord is saying, even if people have been foolish and have contributed to the situation they've found themselves in, gospel compassion responds to their need. It doesn't moralise. Compassion and love responds to real need. It does not stop to work out blame and fault. Nor does compassion stop to work out whether people deserve a loving response when their own foolishness may have played a part in their situation. The story does not suggest that the priest was a bad guy, nor does it suggest that the priest did not care about the poor person who had been beaten. It may have been that the priest was very concerned for the victim. However, it's clear that he put his religious and legal duties ahead of the human and physical needs of a robbery victim. If the priest had touched that injured person, he would have been ritually unclean according to the interpretation of the law of Moses, and he would have been unable to perform his duties at the temple. So, he put his ceremonial duties ahead of charity. The temple and its liturgy meant more to him than the pain of a person half dead. The Levite appears to have moved a little closer to the victim, but still ends up not helping. In those days, robbers could use decoys pretending to be injured to lure helpers to come nearer, and when they came nearer they'd be ambushed and attacked. The Levite was a man whose motto was, Safety first. He would take no risks to help anyone, even if he felt he should. Then there is the Samaritan. The listeners would have obviously expected at his arrival that the villain had arrived. He may not have been racially a Samaritan at all. The Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans at all. And yet this man in the parable seems to have some kind of commercial business who seemed to be a regular visitor to that inn. The name Samaritan was sometimes used to describe a man who was a heretic or a person who didn't keep the letter of the ceremonial law. Perhaps this man was a Samaritan in the sense of being one whom all orthodox good people despised. And what we note is, his credit was good. Clearly the innkeeper was prepared to trust him. He may have been theologically unsound, but he was an honest man. Secondly, he alone was prepared to help. He may have been considered a heretic, but only he showed the love of God in his heart. In the end, we will be judged not by creed, but by the life we live, and God's love that we show. And so the Lord teaches us that we must help a person even when they've been foolish or ill-advised, or even when they've brought trouble on themselves, as the traveller had done in part. We must help any person of any nation, creed, colour or nationality or value system. Anyone who is actually in need is our neighbour. Our help must be as wide as the love of God, 
the generosity of God, which is beyond measure. We must not put rules and ceremonials ahead of people and their real plight. The law of God is actually living and active. The ceremonials of religion express and contain, or should do, the values of God's kingdom, and they should not be used in opposition to the human condition. The help we give must be practical and not consist merely in feeling sorry for someone. No doubt the priest and the Levite felt more than a little pang of pity for this wounded man, but in the end they did nothing to help. Even if that Levite was in fear of his own personal safety, he could have done more than he did. In order for the fullness of compassion to exist, it must flow into deeds of love and charity and compassion and mercy. What Jesus said to the scribe, he says to us too, Go and do the same. The Apostles' Creed I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. We realize our need for God's grace in everything we do. It's with this confidence that we come to ask for all our needs. That the Pilgrim Church may inspire people to have a heart of compassion, forgiveness and care. Lord, hear us. that all governments may secure the good of those whom they serve without prejudice. Lord, hear us. For all victims of violence or hatred, that they may be lifted up by our compassion and practical assistance. Lord, hear us that our local community will always bring a spirit of openness and hospitality to all, especially newcomers to our area. Lord, hear us. For all who are ill. Lord, hear us. That all who have died may be welcomed into the light of God's heavenly kingdom, especially those for whom we now pray. Lord, hear us. Giver of life, we humbly ask you to hear our prayers and give us the courage and love that Christ has shown us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Look upon the offerings of the Church, O Lord, as she makes her prayer to you, 
and grant that when consumed by those who believe, they may bring ever greater holiness. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For you so loved the world that in your mercy you sent us the Redeemer to live like us in all things but sin, so that you might love in us what you loved in your Son, by whose obedience we have been restored to those gifts of yours that by sinning we had lost in disobedience. And so, Lord, with all the angels and saints, we too give you thanks, as in exaltation we acclaim, Holy, Holy, Holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are full of your glory, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. At the Saviour's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. The sparrow finds a home, and the swallow a nest for her young. By your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are they who dwell in your house, for ever singing your praise. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood, remains in me, and I in him, says the Lord. Let us pray. Having consumed these gifts, we pray, O Lord, that by our participation in this mystery, its saving effects upon us may grow. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks, everyone, and have a grace-filled and compassion-filled week. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the Gospel of the Lord. Faith, Hope and Love, a time of Christian worship and reflection, led by Rev. Paul W. Kelly. 
texts are used for the purpose of worship and prayer for listeners wherever you are. The Roman Missal, Prayers and Chants, 3rd edition, copyright 2010, the International Commission on English in the Liturgy. The Bible, New Revised Standard Version, copyright 1989 and 2009, National Council of Churches of Christ, USA. The Psalms, copyright 1963, The Grail, Collins Publisher. Prayers of the Faithful, Robert Borg's Together We Pray, 1993, E.J. Dwyer, Australia. Mass for St. Ralph Sherwin, Jeffrey M. Ostrovsky, featuring the Gloria, copyright 2011, www.ccwatershed.org, forward slash Charbonnel. Faith, Hope and Love, theme, 1 Corinthians 13, 1-13, original music, copyright 1996, Paul W. Kelly. For more details, please visit homilycatholic.blogspot.com.au. Production by Kelly Enterprises Resources. May God bless and keep you. Thank you.